is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free, bringing up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features that you find there completely free, unlike those other talk show hosts in the industry that want to charge you a monthly fee in order to access their site's We give it away, so enjoy uh, all the features that you find there, all for free at freetalklive.com. Here in the studio tonight, it is Ian. And Sean. And Mark. All right, to the phones, uh, if you make the calls, we will take them about anything. That number is 1-800-259-9231-800-259-9231. Today was a frustrating day of activism for me. Sometimes here in New Hampshire, uh, one of the things that will happen is there will be a, a court trial and things that uh, – something that happens here that's really unique that we mentioned earlier this uh, this week was that when somebody is in trouble with uh, the law, somebody who's one of our activist friends, uh, the activists come together. We, uh, we will show up at a court trial. We will support that person who is being aggressed against by the people calling themselves the government. And that's one of the things we've got really, I think, going for us in this movement. People are pretty good about showing up for court trials and and backing somebody up and and giving them moral support and buying them a a lunch afterwards if they're they're not in handcuffs or buying them breakfast when they get out of jail. Uh, There's a nice support network there. But sometimes the uh, the government guys, well, they get one over on us and – well, they learn. Uh, I mean, you know, you you can't expect them to do the same thing over and over again. they'll, They'll learn. So, Eventually. Yeah, and so they know that they get paid to go to court, and we have to take time off work. So if they decide that at the last moment they want to cancel the court, if they want to reschedule it for another date, well, it doesn't matter to them because they're getting paid whether or not the trial gets rescheduled. The man in the robe and the men with the badges will uh, collect the same amount of money whether or not they uh, they have to be there. In fact, sometimes they'll they'll collect more for having to come to a trial like a cop and sometimes gets paid, I think, overtime to go and testify at a trial. does happen. Uh, but they're not getting their pay docked in any way if the, the trial is canceled. If anything, they make more money by having more time in court. The, the opposite is true for the rest of us. We're working folks. Most of us are not independently wealthy. Well, if you listen to uh, the the disparagers, the naysayers, they would say that everybody who uh, is uh, a mover for the Free State Project has no job. They would say that, but of course they wouldn't have actually met anyone from the Free State Project. And they're They're just talking out of their butts and they don't know what they're talking about. Um, But yeah, I mean, Sean, you work full time. Mark, uh, you are uh, the you know the full time salesperson for this program. Full time and some. I work in uh, in the the aspect of recruiting radio stations and doing other things for this show. We got jobs. There are things I'd rather be doing with my time than sitting in a courtroom. I do it because it's the right thing to do to back up somebody who loves liberty and and stand stand behind them, or rather sit because most of our friends don't stand uh, for the judges when they enter the room. We do occasionally stand for our friends, and That's unfortunately, true. the judges tend to react poorly to that. Yeah, we were threatened uh, with arrest over that one recently. But today, they pulled the same old trick again, and that is that 
as many of us came from across the state, uh, Dale and uh, another activist and I came from the Keene area. Some other folks came up from Manchester. We went to Nashua District Court. And this particular district court in uh, – yeah, this this one in particular has pulled this stunt a number of times where they'll come in. Everybody's ready to go to trial. Mike, uh, Big Mike was on trial for dis- so-called disorderly conduct. We've had Big Mike on the program before. Uh, this was the this was the case where they uh, he was standing, I guess, in front of a police cruiser during the 420 celebration that happened in February or March of this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was he was arrested weeks later at gunpoint as the Manchester police came and essentially raided his home to arrest him for this disorderly conduct charge. Just absolutely outrageous behavior on the part of uh, of the police. So they bring Big Mike's ready to go to trial. He's all prepared. And they then decide that uh, they want to inform him at that point that two days earlier, the state had uh, the state people, people calling themselves the state, had motioned for a continuance. Well, they didn't bother to call Mike. Right. Or, so this guy has to travel, what, 45 minutes down from uh, Manchester to Nashua? I don't know if it's that far from Manchester to Nashua. Got to find parking downtown. Yeah. And, you know, there's, it's, it's, it's a real pain to go to court. <laughs> right. You have to take a day off from work in order to go. You have to take the whole day off. From work to go to court, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, because they don't. They tell you when to be there, not when things will start, and right. not how long things will take. And it could be all day. It could go on to another day. So they don't know, and they quite honestly don't care. So we show up. That's when we find out that uh, oh yeah, don't bother putting in the motion to record this. It's probably not going to happen. Apparently, it hadn't been granted yet either, though. At that point, so I guess theoretically, had he not shown up for this particular date. Then they could have con- you know, gone after him with some kind of a failure to appear sure. charge, even though it was their in full intention to uh, continue the case. So the, the cop apparently couldn't make it and get his overtime pay for being there. So the cop, it's not a you know, crime for him to not show up to court, but no it would big be deal. a crime for, uh, for Big Mike not to. Right. So all these folks that took time off from whatever it was they otherwise would have done, in our case, it's an hour and a half drive out there and an hour and a half back uh, – so three hours of our time was killed because they wanted to reschedule this trial again. This has already happened once or twice to Big Mike. Well, they did. Yeah, just and this is the, the same event, if I'm not mistaken. The, 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 they did to right. Catherine Bleich, who came from Texas. Texas. After flying up from Texas, they told her, we're going to reschedule this. And so right. these, these same people will not make an effort to, to move their court case to you. No, no they will make it easy for you. <laughs> Well, if if your witness can't be there on that particular day, that's your problem. But well, the judge theirs can't. Big Mike well, we did can get a continuance. Big Mike did say uh, to the the man in the robe that uh, he he did say, well, I wouldn't be treated the same way if I had a if I wanted a motion for a continuance this close in advance to a trial that uh, you know I, this would not be allowed. And the judge claimed that if his witness was sick. He would allow something like that. That if that that if his witness was in the hospital or for whatever reason, some, do it the next time. Some way couldn't make it. Well, they can't do it next time because they all agreed that this would be the last continuance and that it's going forth on February twenty fourth, which will be nearly a year since the original event. Speedy justice. Well, now in New Hampshire, I believe there's. I've heard rumor. I'm not a lawyer, but I've heard rumor that there's a nine month window where they're supposed to give you a trial. And they're clearly not within that window anymore. He just agreed to let them continue, though. That's, what I, that's what I was thinking, because he kind of agreed to the continuance. 
Maybe he won't be able to get away with that, but it wouldn't hurt for him to file a motion and, yeah, and say, "Look, I'd file throw a this speedy out. trial on this one yeah. and see what happens." Yeah. So that that was my afternoon and morning because you know I left at around eleven. I managed to make a few calls this morning, but man, it sucks when that happens. Yeah. Just one of the prices you have to pay for uh, the dedication to our uh, our fellow activists. But it'll be nice. I mean, I wanted to go from Keene and, and drive an hour and a half to to Nashua because. Well, there's still – I like Big Mike and, and I think I appreciate the activism that he's doing. And I know that there just still aren't that many people in Nashua because for whatever reason, even though Nashua is a city of 70,000 people, uh, it just hasn't attracted as many movers as Manchester or Keene or some of the other areas of New Hampshire. And so I knew that uh, there weren't going to be likely that many people showing up. And true enough, you know, there may be uh, about seven or eight folks that uh, that came out. And that's that's decent for the middle of the day when people are out More working. More than anybody else gets for their trial. Yeah, how many people came <laughs> yeah. to you uh, to, to see your trial when you were in for a parking ticket where you live, if you're not in uh, New Hampshire? You, the listener. Exactly. Uh, so, but but it, I guess one thing that will solve this problem, because I feel like it's a tactic to frustrate us, this, well, let's just move the trials around on them. <laughs> uh, I think that's what, the, you know, they're doing that to us. So they can waste our time, and uh, it'll it'll that problem will be fixed on its own. I think to some extent, and we have more activists here living in different areas, so it's not as inconvenient. If people are just coming over from the other parts of Nashua, well, then it's a ten-minute drive or a twenty-minute drive from outside the area instead of people coming from across the states. So we'll see that change. More coming up. Uh, you can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Hey everybody, Scott Horton here for FreedomCam.net. From coast to coast, the increasingly militarized American police state has grown out of control. Peace officers have become law enforcement. The old doctrines of minimal force have fallen by the wayside. Cops are now trained to use overwhelming force in virtually every situation, resulting in an epidemic of police brutality across our society. I say fight back while you still can. Film the cops and put it on YouTube. A critical mass of police brutality videos is being assembled online, and a change is going to come. Police perjury is no match for instant replay. Freedomcam.net offers discreet video cameras to help you avoid confiscation while checking power and protecting yourself. Freedomcam.net. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy all the features you find there completely free. So head on over there. Uh, enjoy those on us. And by the way, uh, the features include our bulletin board system. You can get interactive with other listeners over at the BBS and post to your heart's content bbs.freetalklive.com will get you there. Hey, would you like to pay higher prices for goods and services? Well, you do every time someone doesn't pay their bills. That's one of the many compelling reasons SACL CAI has been at the cornerstone of uh, collections for more than 35 years. Before you pay higher prices, think whether it be uh, a bank, hospital, retail store, utility that you know, whether they could help uh, use some help with their collections to contain costs so they're not passed on to you, the customer. Tell them to call the dedicated collections experts at SACL CAI for a no-cost, no-obligation proposal. SACL CAI, you can see their banner right at the top of our banner column over at freetalklive.com. 
The toll-free number here tonight is 800-259-9231. And, of course, uh, you can join us again uh, via the phones or on the Internet, whatever way works best for you. So, coming up tonight, Mark, uh, you are going to share something with us about the Founding Fathers. The Founding Fathers. They were just so liberty-loving, so liberty-oriented. Of course, uh, Thomas Jefferson had slaves. Um, But they were, you know, liberty-loving for their time, right? They were very uh, futuristic. They were advanced thinkers. And I'm not saying the Founding... They cared about the pursuit of happiness, right? Right. Well, so they claimed... And I'm not saying they were bad men. I didn't know them. I can't make a judgment about that. Uh, I'm not saying the Constitution was a particularly bad idea. They didn't know much better at that time. And so it was a, it was a good try to uh, supposedly to rein in the, the power of the state and keep government limited and, uh, and accountable. Of course, we know that it hasn't worked. Uh, as Lysander Spooner would say, the Constitution either has authorized all of the tyranny that we have today, or it has been completely powerless to prevent it. Either way, here we are. Yeah, it was a noble effort, and I think they came at it with the best of intentions, well, most of them, and I just think this is the mess we wind up with when There's you a, leave a government around. And and having been in this movement, the liberty movement, for my adult life, I can certainly say, and Maybe to some extent I would have had this at some point, this this uh, viewpoint, that the Founding Fathers are to some extent worshipped or deified, yes. or held up as these oh, paragons of men. Well, you would have to. If, if somebody writes the Constitution, which people believe to be some kind of sacred document practically, mm-hmm. the guys who write it must be gods among men, right? Well, what about – what is it that you wanted to share about these guys but tonight? This one's from Alternet.org. And, uh, you know, it's largely liberal website, but, uh, you know, if, if somebody uses footnotes and uh, backs up what they what they say, I've got no problems with it. It doesn't matter to me where it comes from. This is uh, the 11 freedoms the drunks, slackers, prostitutes and pirates pioneered and the founding fathers opposed. Now, there's one particular founding father in here that gets mentioned quite a bit, and uh, you'll, you'll see it by the end of this, but it's, it's really great. During the War of Independence, a culture of pleasure and freedom blossomed in American cities. Non-marital sex, including adultery and relationship between whites and blacks, was ubiquitous and rarely punished. Because divorce was unregulated, it was easily and frequently obtained, often by women. Brothels were legal and abundant. Prostitutes were rarely prosecuted. Black slaves, Irish indentured servants, Native Americans, and free whites of all classes commingled extensively in saloons and in the streets. Pirates who settled in the port cities brought with them a way of life that embraced both general revelry and homosexuality. On nearly every block in every 18th century, 18th, Amer- 18th century American city, there was a public place where one could drink, sing, dance, have sex, argue politics, gamble, play games, or generally carouse with men, women, children, whites, blacks, Indians, the rich, the poor, and the middling. Rarely have Americans had more fun, and never have American leaders had less been less pleased by it. Yeah, the people in government uh, have historically never liked fun. Yeah, they just don't like it, especially if somebody else is having... By the way, uh, if, <laughs> if you're wondering about this, um, you're thinking, well, some, some founding fathers liked uh, fun more than others. How about Benjamin Franklin? There's that beer quote where God loves us, and the way you can prove it is there's beer. Wasn't he a womanizer? Uh, I, that's my understanding. Okay. However, apparently he didn't think that was okay for the lower classes. I'll for, continue. Uh, for, for other people to drink beer, you mean? No, the lower classes. Gotcha. Not just other people. Right. So, 
to the founding uh, to the founding fathers, the culture of personal liberty was more serious threat to their uh, project of creating independent republic than the British army. Indeed, there is one enemy who is more formidable than famine, pestilence, and the sword, John Adams wrote. I mean the corruption that is prevalent in so many American hearts, a depravity that is more inconsistent with our Republican governments than light is with darkness. Now, John, you know, pretty much everybody's going to say John Adams stick in the mud anyway. uh, I'm sure that he and Abigail got along fine, and and, they're they're good folks. I'm not going to say that. You know, they're bad folks. I'm just saying, you know, John Adams may be a little bit of a stick in the mud. The Founding Fathers hoped that self-rule would cure Americans of of their love of frivolities. The, a government of the people, John Adams frivolities? argued. Frivolities? Yeah, I think that's that's right. Excuse me. <clears throat> John Adams argued that the that uh, the government of the people, John Adams argued, would make uh, the people disciplined, stern, hardworking, and joyless. <laughs> Yay! Oh, wow. Yay! Give me some of that, John. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna pass on that government thing, right? Because that's what life is all about. It's about <laughs> sucking the joy out as much as you possibly can. I I happen to have the complete one, uh, 180 degree opposite worldview. Uh, it's a different world than it was more than you know 200 years ago. Uh, you know, sobriety, sternness. Uh, you know, these things were were held up as uh, the way that a person got ahead and i you know i think there's something to be said for that um the well, more- it's hard to get ahead when you're drunk <laughs> that much is true but that's not to say that uh, one should not be able to and one should enjoy oneself. one's life yes that's about uh you know and and i think that you could enjoy your life more by doing well and you know it, it takes a certain level of moderation at least they didn't write down the pursuit of joylessness in their <laughs> documentation. Right. The qualities he most admired, uh, the, the ones that we just listed, it would produce strength, hardiness, har- uh, hardiness, activity, courage, fortitude, and enterprise. The manly, noble, and sublime qualities in human nature in abundance. Adams understood that democracy forced the people to shed their pleasures and surrender their personal freedom because they alone would shoulder the responsibility of managing society. Yeah, those those kings did. They just they they were so busy working their little fingers to the bone, making a better society for people. Indeed, they didn't have. How many wives did Henry VIII have? Six. It's a good question. A a number. (laughs) He didn't have them all at once. True, that we know of. <laughs> Who could handle that? Solomon. <laughs> uh, under a well under a well regulated commonwealth of people must be wise. Who is this? Is this Adam still? I you know, it's it's not quoted until okay. the, uh, the Presumably the end, it is. I'm, presumably. Uh, must be wise, virtuous, and cannot be otherwise. Under a monarchy, there they may be vicious and foolish as they please. Nay, they cannot be but vicious and foolish. Virtue and simplicity of manners are indispensably necessary in a republic among all orders and decrees of men. So he believed that by changing the political structure that he would change human beings as far as... People would be better. Wow. In his mind as to what better is. What's the utopian? 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want more uh, from the so-called founding fathers here in a bit. Also, we'll take your calls about anything. Toll free. This is Free Talk Live. 
MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. Take control of the airwaves on Free Talk Live by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Sean. And Mark. And we invite uh, we invite you to our website. You can get interactive there with us, uh, other listeners. Uh, there's all kinds of community involvement there. Uh, the main feature actually allows you to submit content to the site. As you're surfing around the web, you find something that you think is pretty interesting. You want to share it with our listeners, you just submit it via the website at freetalklive.com uh, as show prep. And then other listeners will vote and as to whether they like it or not. The most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the website, meaning we're more likely to see it and talk about it. So thanks to you, listeners like you, for essentially creating the website for us. Uh, go to freetalklive.com and get interactive. Hey, Mark, uh, You've got a two-and-a-half-year-old now, is that right? That's right, Jack's two-and-a-half. And how's he doing with the whole reading thing and learning? He's doing great, and one of the reasons is this book. It's called An Island Called Liberty. Yeah, You can get it at freemarketunderdog.com. It's a, I, I, the best way to describe it is the way the author described it. It's like Ayn Rand meets Dr. Seuss. It's simple story, graceful rhymes, and beautiful illustrations on every page. Make it one of any child's favorites. Go now to freemarketunderdog.com. You can see some samples there. In order today, you get a 10% discount if you're a listener of Free Talk Live. Just use the coupon code FTL at freemarketunderdog.com, an island called Liberty. So you're sharing with us a story from Alternet, Mark, about the so-called founding fathers, these men that are in many, many cases held up as these paragons of virtue, these uh, brilliant men that uh, should be looked up to in so many different aspects. And, of course, as, as time has gone on, history has revealed that hmm, – not a surprise. They're men just like the rest of us. They've got their own problems. Uh, they've got their own issues. And sometimes they took their issues and decided to attempt to foist them on everybody else because, well, they were in charge. They created the uh, this thing that we call the government. And uh, it wasn't all about the pursuit of happiness, as you've been pointing out, Mark. Uh, in the case of John Adams here so far, he was you know, very staid. And uh, he, he believed that democracy – or a republic, would change the people. He believed that it would change people from uh, listless louts, uh, thrill-seeking pleasure-seekers from under a monarchy, to people that were completely different and and much more boring. Sober (laughs) is the term. Under a a well-regulated commonwealth, the people must be wise, virtuous, and cannot be otherwise. Under a monarchy, they may as well... Isn't that clearly true? (laughs) Look how wise Americans are and virtuous they are today. After hundreds of years of this so-called republic or democracy, uh, they're just so brilliant. Oh, well, of course, the government's in charge of educating them. That might be a factor, but nonetheless. Under a monarchy, they may be as vicious and foolish as they please. Nay, they cannot be but vicious and foolish. Virtue and simplicity of manners are indispensably necessary to republic among all orders and decrees of men. Oh, I, I think I get it. Maybe he thought that... 
he would be in charge of the republic and like he would be able to appropriately educate people to his uh, method of, of belief system, uh, whereas what really happens is even the most wise and brilliant uh, thinker who manages to get themselves uh, brought into the government, which is also very rare. A lot of, a lot of people have gr- ideas that they think are great, but they never actually make it in. And even if they do make it in, their ideas are always implemented by bureaucrats, and their ideas are implemented... Uh, well, in they this, have to go through the political process in the first place and get watered down. And poisoned, and, yeah. and, and their ideas are, uh, you know, yeah, they're they're changed inherently throughout that process. And even if they were able to get their ideas implemented in the government, it would be forcing them on people. They would be using coercion in That's order to government implement works. their ideas. And there are consequences for that. Anyway, go on. Yeah, I, you know, I, I wonder how much of that monarchy is still hanging around with the way things are. There's so much rascality, so much venality and corruption, so much avarice and ambition, such as rage for profit and commerce among all ranks and decrees of men, even in America, that I sometimes doubt whether there's public virtue enough to support a republic. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it didn't work. There just wasn't enough virtue. I'd like to point out that, you know, it's my understanding. I may not be the most educated guy in the world, but... I think there was only really one republic prior to the United States, right? There was Rome, and that had it was run by the rich guys. Uh, the, their mm-hmm. Senate was really just an oligarchy um, that was, you know, put into law, and then it was taken over by Caesars later. I like that word rascality. I've never heard it before. Yeah. I know what it means, but I've never heard of it. Before. Yeah. Here are 11 freedoms that drunk slackers, prostitutes, pirates, pioneered, and the founding fathers opposed. It's a sample of the fresh take on American history found in a renegade history of the United States. So you can uh, get that book, and that'll be riveting. Number one, non-marital sex. Non-marital sex was remarkably restricted and prevalent, unrestricted and prevalent during the late colonial period, especially in the rapidly expanding cities of Boston, New York, and Philadelphia. Well, if you want things to rapidly expand, that's a good way to go about it. <laughs> European observers often remarked at the astonishing libertinism of the 18th century America, lower class saloons, which filled the American city, early American cities where the centers of the first American sexual revolution, prostitutes who often plied their trade in drinking establishments were its vanguards. But the founding fathers initiated a crackdown on non-marital sex during the War of Independence. Benjamin Rush, a signer of the Declaration of Independence and delegate in the Continental Congress, authored a series, uh, this is Benjamin Rush by the guy, by the way, you're going to see his name a lot in this article, authored a series of sexual manuals for the new nation in which he declared that indulgence and bodily pleasures when excessive becomes a disease of both the body and the mind. This guy, like us a real stick in the mud, mm, this Benjamin yeah. Rush fella. I'm not going to listen to him. <laughs> Homosexuality. Historians have found evidence of rampant sodomy in buccaneer ships during the. But, but, but before you go on, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, this this idea okay. of sex before marriage being a bad thing. Because occasionally someone will call into this show. There uh, there have been uh, at least maybe a handful of them over the eight years we've been doing this program. One of them, I think, even made it into a, a promo. Where these folks will call in and proceed to talk bad about what they they use the term fornication. <laughs> it's bad to fornicate. And I think that it's the best thing you can possibly do in a relationship is to engage in fornication, to engage in sexual activity with your partner because – 
well, there's always that chance that you won't fit right together and that it won't really work well for you. And um, that wouldn't make for a very good long-term relationship. The idea that somebody should hold off on learning to please their partner because it is a learning process also. I mean, how much first-time sex is, yeah, that was great. Um, usually I don't think too much. Practice yeah. makes perfect. And, uh, and, and learning about your partner and what they like and what they don't like over time is an important process. Uh, and if these people that are anti-fornication had their druthers, everyone would have to wait until they're married to begin exploring this? Right. Well, the, 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 uh, the supposition is is that you should explore the personality and the persona and the sure, psyche sure. of the person that you are going to marry it's all very before important. you get married. That's all very yeah, important. Absolutely. But somehow you're not supposed to explore the body and the way you two get along. Like, you... Everything, uh, you know, they want you to, 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 to check out everything else, but don't check that out. And that just doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense to me. I think that maybe this whole hang up on sex is probably as big of a problem as the sex itself. Because people will claim, well, there's all kinds of problems with uh, premarital sex. And, I, I, you know, it, yeah, there are societal problems, uh, a, a lot of them. Well, any sex is going to re- increase the risk of uh, transmitting sexually transmitted diseases sure. and uh, pregnancy and, and some problems. There can be problems that come from it, obviously, but there are ways to do those things safely. Today, certainly, we've got uh, testing and, and different uh, contraception methods and, and ways that can reduce the, uh, the risks inherent in that, uh, in that situation. It's just, it's just such an insult, uh, the idea that you, know, you, you find somebody that you're interested in and then you just have to wait until the, you know, that, that awkward, what would become a very, very awkward honeymoon night <laughs> in order to, uh, to actually experience the, uh, the pleasures that your partner and your, you have to offer to The one interesting another. thing is, is often these same people after they've had their first marriage won't, uh, you know, they, well, yeah, that's not an obligation after my second marriage. Really what they're trying to do is to retain that beautiful flower of virginity and their young women. More coming up here with your thoughts. Welcome at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And that would make things even more awkward on uh, honeymoon night, uh, taking someone's virginity that night. Boy, more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it is Ian. And Sean. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Do enjoy the features that we give to you there because, well, they're all totally free, so they're that much more enjoyable. Uh, Go over and experience different things on our site. And then if you like what you see and if you like what you hear, then you can voluntarily support this program by becoming uh, a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as $3 per month. We'll take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board and exposing new people to to the ideas of freedom. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get yourself signed up. That's amp.freetalklive.com. 
Amplifier.com. Uh, you'll get perks, too, by the way, as a Free Talk Live amplifier. Get stuff like uh, access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, and more. Go and uh, get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, or some alternative options, amp.freetalklive.com. Uh, thanks to the AMP program, by the way. Uh, we just got back a, a week ago from uh, – or th- this week we got back from Los Angeles going out to meet up and schmooze with the big wigs in the talk radio business. That was a great uh, thing that we were allowed to do because we have listeners like you becoming Free Talk Live amplifiers. And also the AMP money uh, goes to buying advertisements to reach out to the radio industry and buying advertisements on, like, say, Google AdWords to reach out to just regular listeners that are on the Internet. So trying to get as many people uh, tuned into the show as possible, and, it, and it's working. So thanks to listeners like you. Uh, one of the other things the app program does is that actually sometimes a, a new radio station will come on board, and they won't quite have everything they need to receive this program. Within the industry, there's certain industry equipment that is a little expensive. You need gizmos. Um, yeah, and so if the station's got a, a short budget... They might really want Free Talk Live, but on the other hand, they can't afford to uh, to bring us on board. Well, that's where the AMP program comes in. We step in, we step up, we offer them the hardware that they need in order to carry the program. And it's because we're flexible enough to be able to do that, thanks to the AMP program, that we brought on our newest affiliate. Uh, WIMS in Michigan City, Indiana, is back with Free Talk Live. Excellent. After having shifted their programming in a slightly different direction, I think a year or so ago, and unfortunately having to leave our happy little family of radio stations, they never stopped liking Free Talk Live. It's just that they went in a different direction, and now they've gone back towards us. Was it like sports or something? Or I don't remember okay. exactly. I think they... Uh, I, I can't recall, Mark. There are always reasons for these things. Yeah. and Lots of stations change, lots of formats. I think they wanted to go in a more progressive uh, direction at nighttime, and I guess we just you know, weren't, weren't progressive enough mm-hmm. uh, for, for them. But now we are anchoring their overnights, and uh, we're on every single night of the week, as a matter of fact. So welcome back to our awesome. listeners in Michigan City to WIMS. All right, 800-259-9231, the Founding Fathers. We're going to get back to this list of 11 things that they didn't like that much. Right, Mark? Yeah. All right, we'll get to that in a moment, but Frank is on the line in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sean, and Mark. Ah, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Frank, what's Tell me mind? something interesting, Frank. Well, I think basically we're taking this out of context. We have to view the process of mythology and how uh, the mythological process over time, uh, sort of transforms the banalities of, let's say, that Enlightenment era of 236 years ago or 250 years ago, uh, you know, into the present. And I think you have to realize that people like Benjamin Franklin, who was our one of the greatest diplomats to London and uh, Paris, France, uh, during the Revolution and after, uh, was sort of quite a hedonist in his own right. He was a member of the Hellfire Club in London, where they did satanic black masses. People, uh, various historians have written that they did uh, human sacrifices. And in Paris, he was the bon vivant, uh, you know, among the aristocrats, and bedded many uh, famous uh, ladies or uh, wives of, you know, uh, noblemen. And his, the French sort of uh, viewed that with great uh, reverence, in a sense. Well, maybe but, it was okay for him, but maybe he didn't oh, feel sure. it would be okay John for other Adams, people. John Adams, who was in Paris also later as an ambassador, and his son, John Quincy Adams, being secretary to his father, 
were very puritanical, and the French often commented about that, in a sense. You know, why they were so uh, timid in the boudoir. <laughs> and uh, there was a belief at that time, too, that, you know, to be a diplomat, a citizen of the world, one had to understand the metaphysical delights of the mind and also the carnal pleasures of the body. And uh, so it's very interesting when you get into that. But we have to remember also that when we're reading the writings of the Founding Fathers, they were talking about white, wealthy landowners. Uh, you know, when they were talking about the edification and virtue and what the Republic would do, in a sense, to them, not talking about the masses that were basically the indentured servants and the slaves and the Native Americans. So it's sort of... You have to remember the context. I, I can remember reading the letters in the diaries of George Washington, where he was just uh, enamored at the end of his life with all of the various guests that would come to Mount Vernon and would stay for a year or two. And every day he had to have a, a hog butchered, and many chickens had to be made. I mean, the, the, the expense of, you know, the visitors that through his hospitality that he had to entertain, was really quite amazing. And you begin to look at uh, that era quite differently. And again, we realize now through DNA research that, indeed, Sally Hemings bore uh, Thomas Jefferson children. And there's a whole lineage uh, that yep. can be traced. So in a sense, these men were not, in a sense... Uh, Quakers, or that, well, some of them were Quakers, forgive me, let me, let me remove were. that. They were not Puritans, as one would be led to believe. However, Adams was quite uh, Well, many uh, times, uh, Frank, these days when we hear somebody expressing Puritanical beliefs, it's, it's frequently them that get their hands caught in the cookie jar. I mean, the, oh, the, guys, that are, the guys that are the loudest speaking out against homosexuality. I have seen it. I have <laughs> <laughs> no, no, when you begin to look at it, it's very fitting. The hypocrisy that exists within any power structure and the application with regard to sexual licentiousness is profound. I mean, look at, look at our political leaders in Washington today. They're not my leaders. They're betting the pages, you know, uh, or even think of, think of uh, Barney Franks. His boyfriend was running a male bordello out of his apartment, and yeah. nothing was done. Uh, or Bill Clinton with his wonder, his amazing sex sexcapades, and I, I feel your pain, and I have, I did not have sex with that woman. <laughs> Frank's and, you know, doing impressions kind of tonight. <laughs> or, J or, or people look look proudly on JFK with his, you know, virility and his betting Marilyn Monroe and his competitiveness with his brother Bobby with Marilyn Monroe and. Just keep Teddy out of the room. Bolt that door. Keep Teddy away. <laughs> so Frank. in a sense. Not too much is different. That's all I wanted to say. Oh, sure. The more things change. In an entertaining way, of course. The more Agreed. things change, the more they stay the same. Thank you, Frank. I appreciate hearing <laughs> from you tonight. I agree with uh, with what he's saying there. It's not that different these days. And I, I agree with how he's saying it. Yeah, I don't think they're saying that it's uh, it's that different uh, these days. If there's something that's different, it's that the information travels faster and that it's harder to keep one's uh, indiscretions away from the public light as a uh, pol as a politician. So these same men who in the, uh, the 1700s, as uh, John Adams here reading some of these quotes, Benjamin Rush, uh, these these puritanical sounding men. Who knows what their issues were? Who knows what they, uh, what things they were keeping in the the skeleton closet, if you will? I mean, it's it's not likely that it would have been as discoverable back then because it just wasn't. You know, there weren't a bunch of reporters hunting around and looking for dirt. You couldn't crack their email account. 
Right. There wasn't a. There wasn't. There weren't as many ways to garner that kind of information. Uh, so I think that's something that has changed. But the people haven't changed. So yeah, definitely keep that in mind as you listen to these holier than thou uh, quotes here from these men from alternate.org. Going on, number two, homosexuality. Historians have found evidence of rampant sodomy in buccaneer ships during the golden age of piracy in the Ahoy. early 18th century. <laughs> Ahoy, boy. The uh, pirates who settled in American port cities helped create something that, were we to see it now, we would call gay liberation. Anyone walking in the streets of early American cities might have seen men exposing their penises. The 18th century transatlantic code for men seeking partners of the same sex. In 1784, a newspaper in wow. Philadelphia described <laughs> effeminate fops resembling men in nothing but their shape, filling the public's spaces. Same-sex intimacy was not exclusive to men. French, a French visitor was shocked by the number of women in Philadelphia who are not at all strangers to being willing to seek unnatural pleasures with persons of their own sex. Though Homosexuality sodomy, is entirely natural. I'd just like to add that. Though sodomy was often severely punished in the early colonial period, the term homosexuality wasn't even invented until the late 19th century. Prosecutions for same-sex hmm. relations declined sharply in the 18th century. That's when the old uh, Puritans uh, – no, the, 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 the sort of the revival came along through America. The anti-sex crusade launched by the Founding Fathers drove many of these people underground as prosecutions for committing unnatural acts increasing, increased markedly after the Revolution. All right. This is a list of 11 things that the Founding Fathers didn't really take too kindly 11 freedoms for. that uh, the Freedom uh, Founders didn't really like. Now we're number two's next. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program, and we invite you to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there free. Archives included. A lot of them. In fact, you can go back for the last week on the front page of the website, and then you click into the archive section. If you want more, you'll find a lot more. You can go all the way back to late 2006. All free at freetalklive.com and courtesy of HostGator. Yeah, brought to you by HostGator. HostGator.freetalklive.com. That's your portal to get your first month completely free of web hosting. <laughs> you can create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates over there. They've got... Thousands and thousands of templates. I think more than 3,000 templates uh, for you to create your either your personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website and anything in between. HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. Use that portal. Get your first month completely free. HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. All right. Uh, so we are going to continue this list that you had started, Mark, in a moment. It is the 11 things, according to Alternet.org, 11 freedoms that the so-called founding fathers, these allegedly freedom-oriented people, they didn't really like very much. 
And uh, we stopped on number 10, so we didn't really get too far down the list. We're going to continue that, though, so hang on to it. First to the phones and to the fun. Let's talk to Adam Miller and Pete Ayer from LibertyOnTour.com. And we are, I think, well past uh, when I would have last liked to have heard from you guys. You guys have been so busy on the road having fun, uh, traveling around the country. Uh, you just you haven't called Free Talk Live to give us an update in a while, and I wanted to hear what was going on, especially considering you'd rolled through Jones County, Mississippi, recently so welcome back to the program gents yeah we appreciate it and sorry for the lack but you know we, we just had a lot of things going on a little incident with marvin and austin and just like you said we rolled through jones county last week and really tried to uh remind the jones county sheriff's department of our you know that we haven't forgotten about our wrongful arrest back in may of 09 yeah, recap briefly what uh, what happened, because you guys were on tour similarly in MARV. You mentioned MARV, the Mobile Authority Resistance Vehicle. It's your RV uh, that you've been driving across the country and meeting up with other liberty-minded people. You were doing something something similar uh, a year ago or so uh, called MotorhomeDiaries.com. Uh, you're now LibertyOnTour.com. But as you were going through uh, Jones County, Mississippi, what happened? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a real long story, but folks can head over to LibertyOnTour.com slash Jones County. To get a thorough uh, overview of it, but long, long. The short story is uh, simply: we were driving north on I-59, pulled over by the Jones County Sheriff's Department in typical police fashion. Went on a fishing expedition, and uh, they then got us all out of the vehicle, arrested me for filming police officers. Our colleague at the time, Jason filming? Kelly. Yes. Now okay. this was actually yeah, was before right. Marv had been painted, if I recall correctly. That was just you, y'all just looked like some, uh, you know, maybe some college kids in a in an RV, and that uh, that's target for uh, target speak for the police. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we spent two weeks in Jones County prior to that arrest, and uh, we found that uh, I fifty nine uh, the Jones County uses as this little trap to uh, harass out of staters. So we were definitely a target, and uh, it's happened to many others. We weren't the first, we weren't the last, and that's exactly why we were in uh, Jones County this past week. Just to rally support again, let the uh, people who harmed us with badges know that we haven't forgotten and that we're still trying to get accountability, you know. Because in, uh, they, they took your freedom from you based on nothing. They didn't like that you were video recording them. Well, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't be able to uh, illegally search the RV to literally break into our home um, if there's a video camera outside. You can't do that. So they have to arrest me and uh, give me the blanket charge of disorderly conduct mm-hmm. in order to uh, proceed with their thuggish ways. And and they trashed the RVs. I recall you guys. It was really one of the most, I think, stunning videos that you did during MotorhomeDiaries.com. Uh, uh, when when you guys got back to Marv after you got out of jail, the first thing you did before you even walked in to see it yourself, you turned on your video camera and you essentially documented the state in which you found your home because your RV is your home and it had been absolutely just trashed and disrespected. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, if you want to see that video, they can go to motorhomediaries.com slash ransack. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, 12,000 views, and it's one of the more popular videos, unfortunately. Um, they, they trashed our RV pretty well. good. It doesn't uh, matter to men in badges when they have the, uh, you know, they have no accountability or lack of, there's, well, lack of responsibility. They don't treat your property very well. Yeah, absolutely they don't. Um, uh, A member of my family had a couple of burglaries around about the same time, and Marv was in much worse shape than her house had been. Yeah, the private burglars didn't do as uh, bad of a job as the the police. Nope. So so give me a recap. Uh, You got charged with disorderly conduct. Uh, Pete was, wasn't it possession of alcohol? Yeah, so he had a beer in the fridge of Marv. Right. There were three guys. They charged Pete with possession of the beer. 
That was in the yeah. fridge. And again, that's allegedly. They still haven't been able to produce any evidence of the beer that they claim was there. I mean, they, it's not in their evidence locker. It's not whatever. But, you know, that's all the theatrics of the court. But uh, you, no matter how you look at it, we didn't violate anyone's rights. We didn't harm anybody. Yet 18 months has gone by, and uh, these officers are still working, you know, providing for their families, harassing other people uh, from what we hear. And, you know, we're just letting them know we haven't forgot. Now, what, what is the legal My, status on... What is the the, the the legal status on the cases in in yours and Pete's case? Yeah, yeah, we have a uh, trial uh, December first, so we'll be back in Jones County in about I don't know six weeks that is or something. And again, we we have some of the similar things planned that uh, people can go to liveryontour dot com right now and see what we did throughout the week. Uh, in short, made a bunch of signs, interacted with the community, made a satirical flyer, and uh, held a protest at the Halle uh, uh, Hodge, who I later met Saturday, our last day there told me he allowed me to have because I technically needed a permit. And then we had a great conversation about whether you need a permit to stand in the uh, street. Alex Hodge being the sheriff of Jones County. Absolutely. Yeah, I apologize. Yes, Alex Hodge is the sheriff of Jones County. And though he wasn't there on the side of the road that day, he did back his men and the actions of his officers uh, quickly afterwards and uh, is still backing them to this day. Now, you guys kind of made a splash when you came back, and I've uh, been holding off. I've had this in my show prep for a little while. I'd rather have you talk about it. Uh, you, you kind of made a splash when you came back to Jones County. You had been reported on in the local newspaper there before when your arrest, uh, when the arrest happened a long, long while back, like you said, 18 months ago. And uh, the newspaper, you guys must have gotten in touch with them to let them know you'd returned. How, how, did, they, uh, how did they end up writing on, up an article about you? Uh, well, this time, yeah, we have a contact. I made a good report with uh, David Owens over there at the Laura Lear call, and uh, I gave him a call. He came out and met with us for lunch, and, yeah, he put us on the front page uh, this, this past week, and nice. a big, bold letter saying, they're back. So, uh, <laughs> so definitely, right, it kind of like, out of like the Terminator movie or something, but um, it was uh, definitely support from them. Their articles have gotten way more favorable for us. I mean, we last time uh, we were in Jones County, not this past week, but the one previous, he actually hung out with us for a whole day and watched us shoot a video, and... I mean, he knows that, we're, you know, what we stand for and that I, I feel he believes we're good guys. And he knows that the Jones County Sheriff's Department might need a little check in here. So that is fantastic. Now, the one I think we did mention on the air, your flyering incident, which I just found absolutely hilarious. You made up a flyer that was kind of intended to look like it was coming from the Jones County Sheriff's Department. What uh, what happened with that? What, what, give me some detail. Well, it's funny, yeah. Um, our first day there, we met with the uh, folks at the Lawyer Leo Call to place an ad, uh, which was similar to the uh, flyer we were passing around. But we also made it 400 flyers uh, that had the Jones County Sheriff's logo. Uh, it said public memo from them. And then we, we took this kind of from the free keen um, flyers that go around. Do not go to their website. Do not attend their meetup. And, and these other things with a little brief about uh, who Pete and I were and that we claim wrongful arrest of the Jones County and we shouldn't be trusted, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, we passed around, and we didn't get maybe 10 cars fired in the downtown area near all the government buildings. And uh, sheriffs asked us, like, oh, are you guys passing off flyers? And we're like, yeah, here you go. And uh, handed them one, and they read it, and they're like, thanks. And uh, later the uh, Jones County Sheriff's Department issued a press release saying they were not getting, that they did not authorize those flyers. And later in the week, Saturday, which we hope to get this video up later in the week with Alex, um, Alex Hodge, again, the sheriff, he uh, commented on how uh, they got so many phone calls, and their website is the most popular because of that uh, in this last <laughs> week. And he really thanks us because all the calls were, of course, in support for him. 
Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, like I believe anything that man says. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure he did get some calls that were in support of him. Yeah, I'm, you know, yeah, who knows? Two. Well, yeah. sure, but I, he, he was overwhelming uh, support. I just thought whatever. it was hilarious that they actually issued a press release in response to your flyering and saying, no, this wasn't us. Don't believe that this was Jones County. And I'm actually surprised yeah. he didn't try to arrest you for using his official seal. Uh, you can hang on, right? Because we got more to talk about. It's, it's Free Talk Live. Hello, my friends. My name is Maka. I'm here to tell you about a wonderful new podcast that I've heard recently. It's called Verbal Surgery. And let me tell you, the verbal surgeon is here. And that fellow, Tim Cummins, he's clever. He can make you laugh sometimes. Sometimes he'll make you want to cry. You'll want to be a better person. This podcast has changed my life. It's a miracle broadcasting, I'm telling you. You must listen to it. Verbalsurgery.com. That's the one. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free. So head over there and enjoy those on us, including a mobile site. If you've got a smartphone and Sean just picked himself up a fancy new, is it an Android that you've got there? Yep, Android phone. Uh, how are you liking it so far? So far, I like it. Pretty cool. I, uh, I've i been enjoying mine as well. And uh, if you've got one, or whether it's a BlackBerry, an Android, or an iPhone, or some other smart device, you can go to m.freetalklive.com, M standing for mobile, m.freetalklive.com. It'll take you to our mobile site, which will give you quick access to our streams and our podcasts and a little bit more. Go to m.freetalklive.com. Of course, a lot of these smartphones, you don't need to go to the mobile sites anymore. Sometimes they can just handle the full-on website. So enjoy it all. It's all for free over at freetalklive.com. And by the way, uh, one of the features you'll find, and it works on some smartphones but not others, is the webcam at our website at cam.freetalklive.com. You can go on any computer that's not a smartphone, of course, and enjoy it as long as you've got Flash installed. And you'll enjoy watching the show for free at cam.freetalklive.com. Uh, and by the way, that's brought to you by Memory Dealers. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, ZenPaks, and X2. They're 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off of list price. In stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery, memorydealers.com. All right, so we're going to continue here. We have Adam and Pete, uh, Adam Miller, Pete Ayer, on the line with us from the Liberty on Tour or LibertyOnTour.com. You can go there and you can watch some of their videos of as, what they've been doing, what they've been up to the last few months as they've been traveling across the country, driving uh, from beginning here in Keene, New Hampshire, driving all the way out to the West Coast, uh, turning around and then driving back east uh, eastbound along the southern portion of the United States, meeting all kinds of liberty-minded folks along the way and uh, having a good time, doing some outreach, getting involved in activism in in uh, the different locations in which they've been uh, they've been visiting, and so we're going to continue here. Uh, Adam and Pete back with us. Are you there? Yeah, we're here. All right, hey, great. What's up, guys? Hey, Pete. Uh, so, you guys, where are you right now? Where are you calling from tonight? Uh, we're actually in Atlanta, Georgia, outside the uh, ca- the, the Capitol building. Uh, our buddy Nathan Cox, who y'all may know from Porkfest, uh, he, he put it on our radar that another guy uh, who's he's traveling the country on a motorcycle, he's going to be out at this rally. 
So we're like, hey, that sounds like a great opportunity. We checked it out online, and it looks like a bunch of Tea Party folks and constitutionalists. So Adam's dressed up in Uncle Sam right now, holding the camera. We've been out and about, and uh, we made up some flyers on the top that says, how about that Constitution, question mark? And then a few words from like standard spooners, no treason. Uh, and then I have uh, like an excerpt from it, and then it says, think for yourself. Visit, and we have all our websites, libertyontour.com, nice. you know, Facebook. And it's great. So we've, we've, I think, literally handed one of these flyers to everybody at this rally, and we've been having some awesome discussions. So it's, uh, it's been pretty cool. That's fantastic. And by the way, the, uh, the Uncle Sam character is, is probably my favorite aspect of LibertyOnTour.com. <laughs> it's been an absolute blast. Uh, Adam has donned this uh, ludicrous outfit. Uh, this very uh, shiny uh, sh- sheen uh, outfit that's an Uncle Sam outfit, and he goes around and, uh, well, says things we really can't say on the radio, but he's a real jerk, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot hilarious. of fun. There's a playlist on Liberty on Tour or uh, YouTube.com slash Liberty on Tour. There's a playlist for Uncle Sam, and there's also a Facebook group for uh, uh, Uncle Sam Uncensored. So, right. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely go and take a look at LibertyOnTour.com. Uh, you guys are heading back to Jones County for a trial in just a few weeks. And what is that trial regarding? Are you suing them? What's happening there? Well, actually, the, uh, the trial is December 1st, and it's an appeal. We got uh, ruled. Guilty. Back in May 14th of 2009, we were arrested. We had to pay our full uh, bail to get out for our misdemeanor charges. So that was covered. And so last September, we had our justice court hearing. And before that happened, they, the DA and everybody came out on the street with us and offered to drop the charges as long as we uh, agreed not to sue. And, they, and they'd also give us our money back that we paid. But, mm. you know, we, we said that would hold anybody accountable, turn that down. And actually got ruled against in justice court. It's a, uh, a court where the judge doesn't have to have any legal background. He's elected. And also uh, uh, he, he knows that if, if he would rule for us, the state couldn't appeal. And if, and if he rules against us, we could appeal. So that's what we did. So we have a, a court case on that level, and we've also filed a civil suit. Now, uh, is Jason Talley from the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund? He was riding with you guys as one of the original MotorhomeDiaries.com crew. Is he also involved in uh, in the appeal, or is he out at this point? Yeah, he is. It, it's uh, The lawsuit involves us three and uh, lists by name uh, some of the Jones County Sheriff's deputies and the sheriff and a Mississippi State Trooper as well. Well, I hope that uh, you guys will keep us in the loop as uh, you approach that. And, and that's going to be after the the uh, Liberty on Tour is all done. And you guys are, are close to the last leg of this tour, right? I mean, you're in Atlanta, Georgia. The final stop is Miami. Uh, what else have you got planned? Well, we're probably going to stick around Florida and the Gulf Coast for uh, the month of November and just make our way back to Jones County, Mississippi. So we're already, we've already gotten a lot of emails from folks, especially in Orlando and Tampa, St. Pete, and uh, Pensacola and some other towns. So we're probably going to try to spend some time with them, but we're going to organize LOT content. We're going to uh, plan our next we've – been, we've been talking about a lot of ideas, so, so more on that to come. Well, I know we're going to be seeing you back up here in uh, New, the New Hampshire area because in, I believe it's early January, you both have trials scheduled on uh, some misdemeanor charges of, I guess, uh, possessing a firearm. Is that correct? Yeah, we both have uh, felony wiretapping charges, and I also have a felony uh, firearm ammo charge, and then we have uh, a few misdemeanors between us. But 
We're, we're going to come back. That's January 10th, but we'll be back. We'll spend maybe five days or so, five, seven days in the area up in Keene. So we're looking forward to seeing all y'all again. Cool, man. That's that's excellent. You guys are doing a great job out there uh, spreading the word about freedom and getting involved in activism in various different uh, places around the country. What are you hearing? Because uh, Mark and I just got back from uh, Libertopia. We're over on the West Coast uh, because we're out for a radio convention. But we stopped in Libertopia. We met some of the guys that you met uh, from San Diego and some of the activists in California uh, while we were out there. And what we saw was a lot of people wearing stickers saying they were moving to new hampshire in 2011 and 2012 what kind of response are you getting from folks about making a move up to new hampshire as part of the free state project as you've been uh, driving around the country it's been positive uh definitely uh this year compared to last year with motorhome dyers this year with liberty on tour the movement's definitely grown and it's become more hardcore a lot of the activists we met like for example in austin some of the, the best activists maybe outside of new hampshire uh, they, they last year maybe weren't as hardcore as they are this year, for example. They're doing a, a Rothbard study group now, and, and they're going out and doing other forms of activism. So it's definitely gotten more hardcore, and a lot of folks are talking about moving up to New Hampshire. So uh, unfortunately not the folks in Austin right now, some of them, but uh, elsewhere, uh, Wes Bertrand, uh, who was rolling with the San Diego crew, he should be up there in Keene. Uh, within a month or two, and then uh, a couple more of the, uh, the real uh, awesome folks, Craig Mayville, Ariel Whitmore from San Diego, may move up soon after that. So Fantastic. Uh, it's definitely awesome. Yeah, things are just keep, they just keep getting better as more people come up here, and, of course, that excites more people into making the move here. And so thanks, guys, for getting out there and putting the word out about uh, freedom. And uh, I know that the, the Liberty Radio Network at LRN.FM is, uh, is one of your sponsors, Freekeen.com, of course, Free Talk Live. Uh, and uh, thanks for calling in with the update tonight. Be keep careful. Us, try not to get arrested. Keep us in the loop, will you? <laughs> we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Take yep. care. Have fun out there tonight uh, at, a, at a tea party uh, dressed up as, uh, as Uncle Sam and just <laughs> creating some sh- shenanigans. Good stuff. Only imagine. 800-259-9231. Go to libertyontour.com to get more of those guys and their video work and some of the, the things that they've been posting up there to keep in the loop with them. More coming up. You take control and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. Your call's next. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves if you'd like. Toll free. The number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you will find there free. So head on over there and enjoy stuff like our archives, uh, the wiki, Shrine of Female Listeners, and more. If you enjoy the program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can, of course, back us up financially with the AMP program or shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com or do both. Uh, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a portion of your purchase. So it's that simple. You've got stuff you want to buy. Amazon likely carries it. They probably have the best price on it because they don't have all the overhead as uh, a lot of uh, brick-and-mortar stores. 
and you'll get free Super Saver shipping on a lot of their brand new items. So get your shopping done and help Free Talk Live at the same time by entering Amazon through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. From creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience as well as market-based activism, you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you likely ever imagined possible. And it's only just getting started, really. When you move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. That's something to keep in perspective, too, uh, for people that are that are up here maybe visiting or they're, they're new movers to New Hampshire. The, the activism here is unprecedented for me. From my perspective, what I see happening here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and the other liberty-minded folks that already lived here, what I see happening here is just an amazing movement that is mind-boggling in its, uh, in its scope. But it's still just the very beginning. There is much more to be done. Many other ideas that have yet to come to fruition. Many people that have yet to arrive bringing their ideas and their uh, their thoughts and uh, their action into the mix. We have heard people say things like, well, is this it? Uh, you know, it, it's happened. And I, it yeah. might be because they listen to Free Talk Live and they just hear about all the things that are happening all the time. And they imagine that somehow they could do it all. I don't know exactly what their, um, you know, what their thought process is. It's still the ground floor. Here. Yeah. There's uh, the idea is to move 20,000 liberty loving individuals here and. By the way, once 20,000 get here, then that's, you know, you're, you're going to see the snowball start rolling and then more people are going to move. If these ideas of liberty that we talk about are the ones that uh, you know, are the best, if they work like we believe they do, then you'll see New Hampshire take a turn that the rest of the states won't be taking at all. So people will pick up their lives and they'll move because, yep. you know, it's it's pretty obvious to me that the rest of the states won't respond in a positive fashion. All you have to do is look at places like Cleveland, Detroit, where government, uh, you know, basically drove industry out of those towns and now all they can do is continue to tax the crap out of people that are still there. Houses are selling for one dollar, but People don't want them because they don't want to pay the property taxes in those towns. So come on up, join the fun, and get in on the ground floor. Freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. Joining you in the studio tonight, by the way, it's Ian. And Sean. And Mark. And we continue with your phone calls about what you want. And then later we'll get back to the 11 things, the 11 freedoms that the Founding Fathers didn't really consider that important, didn't like it very much. We'll get to that. But first, Joe in South Carolina on the Amp Lines. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Ian, Sean, and Mark. Thanks for having me on. I, uh, I'm calling back after I called in a few days ago, to, uh, and we talked about a speeding ticket that I got, and you guys gave me some advice and your thoughts about what I should do about it. And just wanted to let you know that I ended up contacting the prosecutor and just cutting a deal somewhere in the middle. And, um, and what kind of deal? Like what, a, what kind of deal did you cut? Um, basically. The speed that I was going, we kind of just cut a deal to say I was going half that speed. So really the, the fine's going to be about half what it was, and the points on my license are going to be half of what they were going to be. Mm-hmm. So you were ripping along at a pretty good clip, huh? That is true, yes. <laughs> I, was, I was coming out of, I swear, it was like a 70-mile-an-hour area, and then the road just opened up into like four or five lanes. So I'm in the left lane, and I guess I'm going about 80 and the speed limit's 60, but everybody's going almost 80, so it wasn't like I was, you know, flying at a crazy pace past everybody, but I guess I was just the fastest one in that little group. Mm-hmm. You were going a little bit so, faster than everybody else, and that makes you stand out. 
So, uh, yeah. so you, you you took our suggestion. You decided that you weren't going to go uh, go to court and take this to because they wanted to take it to a jury trial, which would have led you to end up having to pay court costs in addition to uh, presuming you lost and you probably would. Yeah, uh, court uh-huh. costs in addition to paying for the ticket. Uh, so you minimized your damage as much as possible, and that's really the the smartest thing you can do if you're all alone and you don't have any activists to uh, to back you up, like the folks that came out today for uh, for Big Mike's trial in in Nashua. You know, we had about eight people come out uh, in the middle of the daytime for that, and and you can do that here in New Hampshire. The drop of a hat, you can put the word out that there's a trial happening. You can put that word out 24 hours in advance, and you'll have half a dozen people show up. If you put the word out further in advance, you might have a, a couple dozen people. Uh, show up. And as we said, we're just in the beginning cusp of what's happening here uh, in New Hampshire. So I'm glad you made that choice. And hopefully you'll choose to you know, keep your head down as much as possible and try to avoid conflict with the uh, the criminal gang known as government until if you are, are interested in conflicting with them until you get to New Hampshire. Yeah, absolutely. And I just actually just recently signed up for the Free State Project. Wow. I've been aware of it for about at least four years. I mean, when I was Starting college maybe five years ago, I remember hearing about it right about then, just reading things online. And so I've been aware of it for a while, but I actually have just signed up for it. What was and, it that, uh, uh, that that made you want to do that? What Was there something in particular that sold you on the idea? No, there wasn't. I can't say it was any one particular event. It was um, – no, it wasn't, I guess. Just a, a long maybe just period of thinking about it. I'm sure it's kind of been – maybe somewhere in the back of my mind for as long as I've known about it, at least knowing that it was an option or maybe something that appealed to me. But those four years I was in college, it wasn't an option for me to just pick up and move somewhere. Mm-hmm. I've been out of college for about a year, and um, I don't know. I guess I would rather just – the environment that I'm living in, the political environment, the environment where I can feel kind of peaceful and safe wherever I am is uh, something high on my list of things that I would really like in a place I'm going to live. Well, so it seems it's like not a good free choice. yet. I'd like to make clear that uh, New Hampshire yeah. is not the free state. It's part of the, it's the free state project, meaning there's a project ahead of us. Mm-hmm. There's uh, there's a lot of work uh, and effort to be put in before things change in the right direction. But that said, there are th- some things that are more free here than uh, than other places. There there will be to some extent an increase in freedom that you have. But just because you're in New Hampshire doesn't make you safe from aggression uh, by the criminal gang. In fact, one of the ways that a lot of people are welcomed to New Hampshire by the uh, the government gang is by getting you know a ticket for something their first week. Here. Here. Uh, so it yeah. just seems like that happens an awful lot to people. And I can definitely understand that. I'm not moving up there and expecting, you know, utopia in the first week or anything, but That's there good. is a there are real reasons that you guys chose New Hampshire. I guess everybody who did the initial vote yes. um, that picked that state, you know, because it did have maybe more liberties in certain areas than a lot of other states, say like New York or Yeah, Illinois. it was a good starting point. Uh, it is allegedly, ostensibly, the, the most free state in the entire United States of all the 50. And there are different metrics that people can look at for that. There's the 101 Reasons to Move to New Hampshire, which is a very powerful document uh, that people can read over at freestateproject.org. It was a major motivator and insp- uh, inspiration for me. Uh, and, of course, there's all the personal stories of people that have uh, made the move here. And like me, I, I was just talking today about this. Um, I have no reason to go back to Florida. There's, there's nothing for me there. Yeah, I know some people there, but I know people here now, and I've got a life here, and uh, I, I couldn't imagine going back. Sean, how about you? Only been, having been here about 11, you know, 10, 11 months at this point. 
I might go back, assuming the state were gone, but eh, <laughs> it's not likely anytime soon. So, well, if it's about being warm, I'd rather just go, you know, to Costa Rica or something like that. At this point, I mean, the, American like, Samoa, because, like you said, the the state isn't going to go away. This idea of the the the, the government is okay isn't going to leave Florida anytime soon. I can tell you that. Not leaving North Carolina either. So. Yeah. Uh, so I love it here. The people here are great, and it's just a beautiful place. Of course, right now it's the middle of fall, and the colors are stunning. Yeah, this Anyways, is leaf peeper season. Yep. Joe, anything else you want to share? Uh, no, that's it. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you, and congrats on joining the Free State Project at freestateproject.org, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything and take control of the airwaves. 11 things, 11 freedoms, the Founding Fathers... Didn't or some of them didn't really consider too important. They didn't like very much. Uh, we'll continue that list in a bit and take your calls about anything. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives, free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just three dollars per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features on the site, so do enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Um, and some of those features include our Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video to prove that they are listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com, see it for yourself, and if you're a lady listener, you can get involved. The details are there at shrine.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, of course, we'll take your calls about anything, but earlier tonight, Mark, you started a top 11 list, the 11 Freedoms that the founding fathers, the uh, so-called founding fathers, did not really value very highly. In fact, they, some of them were explicit, <clears throat> explicitly against them. So let's continue that list from alternet.org. Freedom number three, divorce. This just counts down, not up. I see. Yeah. So we've been through one and two then. Yeah. So Because marriage was largely unregulated during the colonial period and, you know, you know George Washington, George and Martha Washington didn't get some kind of government license in order to get married. So they wouldn't have need, needed one to get divorced. Divorces were frequently and easily obtained. During the era of independence, women's, women fled their husbands in great numbers. Thousands of advertisements were placed in newspapers by men reporting thousands that their wives had left them. But spurned on by the founding fathers during the early national period, the states enacted laws that tightly and specifically regulated divorce. This ended the 18th century trend of self-divorce. No longer could an unhappy wife or husband simply walk away from a marriage Courts refused to grant a divorce to a woman who did not demonstrate that she had been faithful and obedient, a faithful and obedient wife and a victim of her husband's mistreatment. Hmm. So if you wanted a divorce, you had to it couldn't be that you didn't like them. It had to be that you were mistreated and you had to be a good person in the process, because if you were mistreated and you were a bad person, well, you know, that's OK. Dancing. Visiting. Oh, we can't have that. There are still some laws in some places against Dancing in public establishments. I think it's, uh, there's some in New Hampshire, but they just don't enforce them. Visitors to early uh, early American lower class saloons saw white 
men fiddling Irish reels. I'm not sure what that is, what an Irish reel is, but they are fiddling it. And black men pounding out, driving African, African rhythms on hand drums, rattles, and wooden blocks. They saw whites, blacks, Indians, women, men dancing wildly on wooden floors. The Together? We the, can't be having that either. The hybrid, flagrantly sensual sound created in saloons was the first American urban party music. You know what dancing leads to. And it helped by... Help lay the basis. Sideways dancing. Yeah. <laughs> for jazz, rock, and hip-hop. The founders did not approve. I never knew a good dancer good for anything else, <laughs> said John Adams. Wow, this guy's a bag of fun. <laughs> He's a blast. Of the men who danced well, they gained neither sense or learning or virtue for it. Adams was appalled by the gyrations of a white man he saw dancing in a tavern with a, a rabble. And Negroes with a fiddle. He's just jealous. His air was absurd and wild, desultory and irregular, as his countenance is low and ignoble. Oh, this is his quote again? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his, as his countenance is low and ignoble. I don't know. Benjamin Latrobe, the father of American architecture, who designed the United States Capitol, saw whites performing the Virginia jig and called it the excess of detestability. John Adams was monstrous, uh, was monstrously severe upon Man. the follies of mankind. Most people have <laughs> people? remind me not to invite John Adams to my next party. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a dancer, right? But I, I don't get offended when other people are good <laughs> at it or, or trying to dance or, or enjoying shaking themselves in whatever way uh, makes them uh, them feel good. It's just so ludicrous, and and people have hated dancing throughout the generations. It's always those darn kids, they're the flappers, you know, like in the 20s, it was the flappers, and then later on, I don't know what other dancing styles were uh, were popular, but frequently it's the, the older generations that are all incensed by uh, how young people uh, will decide to move to music. And the music that they choose to move yeah. to. And, you know, I feel myself doing it. I just can't stand new music, a lot of it. I <laughs> got no use for it at all, but... At least I understand that this is how it was for me when I was young, and that's how it was for my parents when they were young, and this pattern just continues. Instead of, you know, some old people, you just can't get through that to them. You know, you know just, you just can't get through that, that fog that they've, that's descended upon their mind. So it says, given the founding uh, founding this is fathers Adams again, or no, sorry, the article. No, the article. Given the founding fathers' feelings on the matter, it seems reasonable to conclude that the Con- Continental Congress's 1774 de- declaration to discourage every species of est- extravagance and dissipation, d- dissipation, dissipation, which was right widely interpreted to, as including sensual dancing, formally established the American citizens uh, citizens as rhythmless. So, 1774, before they bothered going out and, you know, seceding from the king and all that stuff, they were out there saying, no, you shouldn't be dancing. Bad dancing. We didn't leave the, the, uh, the kingdom for this. We didn't, we didn't demand our freedom so you could shake it. You know, notice that they, they uh, interpret it as sensual dancing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to the good old-fashioned dancing that we like. That's right. fine. right. Respectful dancing. Yes. Typical. Good dancing where people wear white wigs and hold each other's elbows. <laughs> <laughs> Typically workers are the first. Because no one is thinking about sex when they're dancing like that, yeah, right? sure. Of course not. Number five, leisure. <laughs> Typically workers in the first industrial factories decided when they would show up and what, when they would go home from work. Long afternoon periods of eating, drinking, and sleeping were taken for granted. 
the three-day weekend was the norm. Bring back the siesta. Workers in many of the uh, ma- first major industries industries were normally paid for six days' work, but on Saturday they drank beer all day while on the job. The drinking Dang. usually continued through Saturday like evening. at a radio station. <laughs> into Sunday. <laughs> so that Monday the workers were usually unable and unwilling to, to work. This created a wonderful but now forgotten American tradition called Blue Monday, a worker's day of rest following the Lord's day of rest. Hmm. Most importantly, simply by being lazy, early American workers established the idea of the weekend. Few things bothered the founders more than the belief that leisure was a good thing. Of all the <laughs> cankers of human happiness, only work is good. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. Is this Adams again? <laughs> it's well, got to be. Yeah. It's hard for me. I'm, I'm sorry, I only have one eye. Uh, this yeah. is actually uh, Thomas Jefferson. Oh, okay. And, for those that the don't know, I, I've, got to, I've got a canker on the back of my eye. I can't see very well. Of all the cankers of human happiness, none corrodes it with so silent yet so baneful a tooth as indolence, Thomas Jefferson told his daughters. Determined never to be idle, Benjamin Franklin told Americans that they should work all hours of the day in order to be virtuous. He wrote in Poor Richard's Almanac, It is the working man who is the happy man. It is the idle man who is, miserable, who is the miserable man. Benjamin Rush recommended the banning of all activities that led to habits of idleness and a love of pleasure. Well, you know what the idle hand does, right? Yeah, well, that's what they're going to tell children about here in a mm-hmm. second. This doesn't stop with adults. Listen to what they have to say to kids. Number six, children's play. The pleasure, the pleasure culture of early American cities extended to... Children, who enjoyed a rapid growth in the manufacturing of toys in the 18th century, following on the pro-work, anti-leisure ideology ideology of the Founding Fathers, the authors of children's textbooks pummeled their young readers with injunctions to work hard and to avoid play. On the first page of a standard 19th century school primer was a poem warning, Satan finds some mischief <laughs> still for idle hands to do. And Noah Webster's America's, uh, In America's Spelling Book, which was the best-selling textbook of the 19th century, instructed its young readers that a wise child loves to learn his books, but the fool would choose to play with his toys. Wow. Yeah. Nice folks. <sighs> Now, not to say that working is bad, obviously being industrious and entrepreneurial and uh, and going and doing things and creating uh, is very valuable. But for and- kids, that's what that is. Kids play is work because they're learning about life and things. When I leave Jack on, um, to his own devices, the first thing he wants to go for is daddy and mommy's stuff. He doesn't want to play with his toys. He wants to play with the things you're playing with and figure them out. Mm. So, you know... I- He's got, All work and no play. He's got little hammers. He's got little tools. He likes he likes to see daddy work, and then he likes to go play with his stuff. I I enjoy working. I mean, it's it's something that uh, it's it's my life. It's what I do. But if I didn't have fun as well, we don't work. Right, right, right. I, right. I mean, I'm yeah, having fun. We're, we're free staters. We don't have jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think it's important to be productive. I think that if all you have is leisure time, it gets really boring. If if all you have is time for leisure, for me at least. If all you have is time for leisure, that's called jail. Yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> much, pretty much. Um, we'll come back with more. 800-259-9231. I've had extended periods, periods of time where I haven't been able to work, and I run out of things to do with my leisure time. Yeah. More coming up at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 3 is next. 
Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nesquik. Try Nesquik 4-Packs, perfect for lunches and great for kids on the go. Look for it in the juice aisle. Snack time is a great chance to sneak extra calcium into your child's diet without making him feel like he's eating something he doesn't want. Serve up dairy-rich foods like smoothies, flavored milk, frozen yogurt, and string cheese. He'll love the treat, and you'll love knowing how good it is for him. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You can enjoy uh, the uh, phone calls here. You can dial in and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the main focus of the program, allowing you to bring up anything you want. I enjoy that freedom here at Free Talk Live. We're actually talking about freedoms that some of the founding fathers would have preferred you not enjoy. And we're going to continue that list here in a moment. Joining you on this, uh, the mics here tonight is Ian. And Sean. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. You'll find a bunch of stuff, and you hopefully will uh, enjoy that. It's all over there, freetalklive.com, and it's free. So we're going to continue here, of course. So we will take your phone calls about anything. Doug is on the line listening in Manchester. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Doug. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, yeah, I just want to say the Founding Fathers obviously weren't perfect, but what made them great was that they all came together and turned the world upside down and flipped off the basic establishment. And they said, most people are equal. The working man is just as good as the rich. There's no nobles, there's no royalty anymore. Basically, that's what they were getting across. Well, That's what made I think them great. I think they did. They did what the nobles did in Europe. Uh, you know, it, with the Magna Carta in England, with the Magna Carta. You know, a few hundred years prior to that, they said that we, uh, this class of people that happens to be on top, uh, will we deserve rights, but the people beneath us don't. They reserved, uh, you know, for themselves rights that they did not give people that weren't white, that weren't male, and that didn't own land. So, I, I, yeah. I, I agree. Partially with what you're saying, and and it's a step in the right direction, no doubt it about it. It was radical at the time. It's just that of you course, know, like yeah. what you're going to hear from if you go to a tea party um, or something like that, you're going to hear from a lot of different people there. All oh, the founding fathers are wonderful guys. They're just the next thing to Jesus, and um, you know all these things about how great the Constitution is, how we need to get back to it. And what we try to, what I, you know, I used to feel that way. I just don't feel that way anymore. I think that the Constitution's a flawed document, and I think the Founding Fathers were flawed men. Well, do you, what do you mean? There's, like you're saying, there shouldn't be a Constitution, or you should redo the Constitution? I think that the Constitution needs to be redone at the very least. Why I would you to, want to do that, Mark? That would keep the federal government around and allow these federal scum, scumbags think, to write up a new Constitution. I think if you uh, got rid of the Constitution as it is, that you would get rid of the federal government as it exists. How about and, we just get rid of the federal government and start there? There, might, there are advantages to a federal government. What would that be? Well, uh, uh, standardization across the, the 50 states. What's that supposed to mean, standardization? You're talking about regulations? Light plugs. Have you ever, try, have you ever gone to a foreign country and tried to use a light plug? You a can't even plug, plug? Your, your hair dryer in i'm just saying You're talking about a wall outlet wall outlets yes yeah well yeah. they have adapters for that yeah they do and the have you ever tried to use one of those they get like twenty. so what you're saying is they get like 40 little tines so you're saying all over the place that you think that there will be radical changes to 
to wall outlets, should we get rid of the federal government? And that's your best reason to keep it around? <laughs> I said standardization. That, I just gave you an example of The marketplace of standardizes things, Mark. You don't need the government then to do that. Then why didn't the marketplace standardize wall uh, Can you get a USB port on a laptop in the UK? Sure, but uh, you didn't answer my There's question. There's your standard. You didn't answer well, my question. Am I still on? Yeah, yeah, you're right here, Doug. Go ahead. All right. So what you're saying is without a I would I, I'm a libertarian. Federal government should, should be very small. It should still be there. Without a federal government it would be like Europe. What? It would be uh it would be very confusing. Without some sort of uh, like the money uh and money's easy going, to standardize, rates of gold and silver. I can go from New Hampshire to California with no problems. I don't have to tell anybody, I don't have to do anything. That's because it's a federal government. We all no, agree. Wait a minute. On Hold on. Clearly, you've never been a professional driver. Well, I mean, you get pulled over, you tell them what's what, and you go on your way. Do, have, do you know I mean, any professional drivers? Well, I've driven somewhat myself. But professionally, like you mean, a tractor-trailer driver? Yeah. Uh, somewhat. Why? You Those guys are owned lock, stock, and barrel by the Department of Transportation. Uh, they are subject to so many controls and so many regulations. It is impossible for them to easily travel from one place to another in this country. So it's it's not true. And in fact, one of the uh, the planks of the Communist Manifesto is that the, uh, the you know in order for the the ten planks to be implemented, one of them is to, is total control over uh, transportation. And the government has that just because they allow you to travel from one point to another. Doesn't I mean they couldn't stop you or interfere with you. They do in California. They stop you for going in and out. I disagree with that, but I'm saying right now, if I want to get in my car and drive to California, I don't have to tell anybody nothing. I don't have to go any through checkpoints or nothing like that. It's That's not, not as bad. It's not as bad as the airport. That's for sure. That, but I, you, you made some. Uh, yes, there's some advantages to what you're talking about. I want to uh, to minor uh, government. Yeah, I, I understand. But here's the thing: is that the current constitution that we have is uh, so difficult to. It would be an extraordinarily difficult object to overthrow. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, it's ridiculous now. Okay. I mean, it's almost it's rigged so bad. But, right. I mean, so if, if you we back to some basics, yeah, but there's not going to be. You're not getting back to any basics. I mean, that's just a pipe dream. It's a tr- it's a multi trillion dollar federal government. We, and by the way, you're wrong, uh, Doug. There are checkpoints. They've been putting them well, putting coals? them up across the northern and southern borders within a uh, hundred uh, miles of those borders. There are internal checkpoints right here in the good old U.S. of A. There's checkpoints well, uh, right here in New Hampshire. Yep. Yeah, well, I wouldn't put up with that as a citizen. I uh, tell them my business, and as long as I'm not stoned or nothing, and I'm on my way, I tell them what's what. And if they that's what you me, think, um, some well, people if, have, if you give them any lip, you're going to jail. Some people have been beaten uh, within inches <laughs> yeah. of their lives by these government bureaucrats running these checkpoints. All I wanted to do is correct you. There are checkpoints uh-huh. in this country, right? And and you know the, the, this this idea that we can get the Constitution to work as it exists, we can't get a new Constitution because if you did, people like Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama would make sure that everybody had a right to medical care and a right to this and a right to that because exactly. the, the nation is huge and it is full of socialists. So um, you know the other. Well, Option is to try to get back to something, but you know, if you look Don't throughout history, take away. What's that? That's all. I'm all Don't in favor of what you're saying. Away. I like what you're saying, yeah, Doug. But, I get but we it. We don't get to decide, you and I. 
That's what I'm saying. Is The Constitution says that the a Supreme Court has appellate jurisdiction, which means that they get to d- determine what the Constitution essentially says. So even if yeah. the Constitution says that there's a right to keep and bear arms, that, um, that, that, that shall not be infringed, it's okay to have 20,000 laws that infringe it because the Supreme Court said it was okay. Even though the Constitution says that it shouldn't be infringed, you can infringe it because the Supreme Court says that they get to interpret it. Do you understand how messed up this is and how entirely unlikely yeah. it is that we're going to ever make this document into if something that looks like freedom? on the ridiculous areas like that, people start to pay attention. That's all it is. If you shine a light on how ridiculous it is, people will see what's what. A lot Doug, of question people for don't you. know what's going on. Uh, no, that's true. A lot of people are ignorant, but even if you do show them what's going on, they'll feel powerless to prevent any of it because, well, the federal government is, is well entrenched and very powerful. Question for you. Let's say that you could, uh, you could press a button. And if you press that button tomorrow, tomorrow the federal government would completely disappear, and then we would then have fifty different uh, state governments, and that could result in different wall outlets being uh, being made, and maybe one state government would put up a big wall of uh, the Great Wall of Utah uh, to surround yep. uh, their their state to protect it from people that might want to travel through it to get to another uh, state or whatever. Would you press that button if you knew that you would never have to pay federal taxes again, never have to uh, to pay for gov- federal government? government programs that you absolutely can't stand and the regulations that control your life? Or would you really want to try to change the federal government in some way? If you could just press that button and gather all that freedom uh, for yourself, would you do it? Uh, No, not absolutely, no. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah, so, what what does the federal government give you besides being able to, to California to drive from here to California? I mean, no. you know, the the multi trillion dollar uh, national budget doesn't mean anything to you as long as you can drive to California. That's what no, you want to keep it around that's for. Ridiculous. I'm talking about the founding of this nation. After it was a confederacy, they made a small federal government. All they were supposed to do was make the same money and. Make sure everybody right. traded. How many years we're, of your we're life are you talking about to... this again, though? <laughs> you understand. You have said that you right understand now, that you right can't now. undo it. There's no undoing it. So you, you, the, you the button doesn't this? give you the choice of undoing it. The button gets to gives you the choice of getting rid of the federal government or keeping it. Well, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, of course. No, I don't think it's Doug. I don't think it is ridiculous. I think we need to really talk seriously about secession. We need to talk about getting New Hampshire out of this federal government and having our own little place where we can actually have freedom. And I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in and bring up anything. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on that site for free, so enjoy those on us. 
Again, freetalklive.com. Features there including news updates. You want to get the latest about Free Talk Live as it happens? Get on the news updates lists. Different ways for you to receive that information include our email updates, Facebook, Twitter, whichever one works best for you. Go get signed up for free over at news.freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sean. And Mark. Now, let's focus a little bit further on what Doug in Manchester uh, was calling about there. Uh, I don't know. Were we empathizing enough with uh, with Doug? Well, I, you know, uh, I think that I find because I I used to think like Doug uh, thinks currently. I find that there's and, and there's only a small amount of deviation between where we stand and him. Um, I, I find myself a little frustrated. You know how you know when you've moved past something and somebody else hasn't that, that you can find that very frustrating mm. and. So I think not. I think we weren't as uh, kind about it as we possibly could be. But, you know, that's kind of talk radio, too, right? <laughs> you know? So well, I don't see why we can't be, uh, you know, compassionate here as, as much as possible. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it is also and it's also difficult, too, because sometimes somebody will look at you and say, well, well, you just think you're so smart. You, well, you you're looking down on me. You think you've you've advanced. Uh, but uh, but I believe there's something valuable about having a small government. So well, uh, they could come, come out from that way. If as you're well. sitting there and thinking about these situations um, yourself, or you know they pop into your mind, or you've had whatever political beliefs you've had for over the years, it's not the same as uh, the situation that I've been in. I've been in a political conversation about freedom for seven years now, where I can't hide because I'm on three nights a week. For you know, six nights, uh, excuse me, three hours a night, six nights a week, talking about the ideas of liberty, and I can't just say, well, you know, if we get back to the Constitution, blah 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 blah, because people will bring up lots and lots and lots of examples. If you you know choose, if you don't choose your history just to to reflect what you want it to say, you'll realize that this Constitution stinks, and it has brought us what we have for a reason. Because that's what it was designed to do. It was designed to take power away from the states and the individuals and give it to the federal government and to give the uh, the arbitration power to the federal government to decide whether or not it had done a good job in taking that power from those people. It's doing what it's supposed to do. The Constitution, although when I a plain reading of it is is a better idea than the government we have today, that government we have today is the one that gets to read it. So the, the, the supposition that we're somehow ever going to get back to the Constitution seems fallacious to me. I think that a, uh, that a large, unintrusive, that a federal government that is unintrusive, however, um, you know, runs the whole nation, is superior to a bunch of uh, state governments. I think it, 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 that would be so if you could keep it that size. But I don't think you can do it, and I don't get to write the next Constitution. So to me, the only... A natural and logical next step is secession. If I got to write a constitution that said what the federal government was going to look like, where you, uh, the senators and the representatives had to have, say, a 90 percent quorum in order to pass something, then you could think the Democrats and Republicans would be able to agree that, say, murder is wrong and this is wrong and that's wrong. Then I think that we would have a better shot at this. However, I don't get to do that. The the gentleman from Manchester, what was it? Doug. Doug. He's not going to have the opportunity to do that. None of us in this room are going to have the opportunity to do that. Nobody who's in politics today is going to have the opportunity to do it, or is interested in doing it, because they're getting their uh, their kickbacks and their their lobby the, from the lobbyists and their back scratching from the uh, you know the paid hookers or whatever it is that they're getting uh, for being the politicians that they are. That's why I've come to the conclusion that secession is a better idea because government is unworkable. 
and the larger the government it is, the more it is that it's unworkable. If you're, if you're somebody like Doug and you have this belief system, and, and you're right, Mark, I had a similar belief system in the past. We just need to get back to the Constitution, of course, uh, accepting certain parts like this whole slavery thing and <laughs> black people being three-fifths of a man. Indians uh, were zero. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, the Constitution isn't really something I want to get back to. I want to advance to liberty. I want to advance to freedom. The post office was a dumb idea. They put that in the Constitution, too. Oh, man. Look at it. Well, yeah. Look at what it's become. I mean, it was, it was a solution for prob- 18th century problems. Why in the world do we want solutions for 18th century problems in 21st century America? That's a, that's a great point. Um, but there is no solution that can be implemented for liberty with the federal government because – like you said, the politicians aren't going to do it. Look at what the Republicans are talking about. I actually have there's actually a breakdown over at lewrockwell.com of this plan for America. No, excuse me, what was it called? The pledge, pledge to America. Was yeah. it? Was it what? It, yeah, so something this, that wasn't contract for America because yeah. that would uh, have drawn up nasty memories for people. This uh, retread of the the, the <laughs> 1990s contract for America, which is supposed to get people excited about how Republicans supposedly care about your freedom and they want to get government cut down. And uh, there was actually one p- uh, portion of it, I-, I think, and I can pull up the details. Again, com has got a-, a breakdown of it, where essentially their big proposal, the, you know, the-, the-, the aspect of this proposal that is supposed to be the most wide-cutting, the most drastically government-reducing pro- part of this proposal, is they want to cut government to the size it was before the bailouts. So 2008 levels? Yeah, you awesome. know, with small government George Bush. You know, when small government George Bush was in uh, in charge in 2008. <laughs> um, that's not gonna. They could cut it down to 1968, as far as I'm concerned. It, but but this is what this is what you're dealing with, Doug. People like this. These Republicans don't care about freedom. They've proven it time and time again. They talk a good game. Some of them do. They know what the the catchphrases are, and they know what the buzzwords are. Tenth Amendment, Tenth Amendment, you know, all kinds. They can say things. Freedom, liberty, they can say things. But look at what they do. Uh, In the Bush administration, the government grew dramatically. Now, of course, it's growing dramatically under Barack Obama as well. But my point being, there's no real dime's worth of difference between these two. And so... Electing new Republicans isn't going to change things. They're coming from the mold of the old. They're having to go through the political system in order to get to the point of being possibly elected in the first place. They're all completely corrupt. And if they aren't corrupt yet, then the Washington, D.C. will corrupt them. So there is no changing, in my opinion. I agree. There's no changing things at the uh, the D.C. level. So my question for people like Doug that are still of this mentality that we need to restore the republic and get back to the Constitution – how many more years of your life are you willing to invest at spinning your wheels at this? How many more times are you willing to be snookered by these politicians telling you lies and you finding out, huh, well, looks like the government's gotten bigger. We just elected some Republicans and there, you know, the government's still getting yeah, bigger. Yeah, we elected Democrats and the government got bigger. The government hasn't shrank at all uh, since I've been alive. I don't think it ever has. Yeah, I don't Never. know. Never. I, and that's you, when, you could make the argument that Jackson, the what, what was he, the seventh president, Andrew Jackson, when he paid off the government debt until to, down to the five figures that he may have done that. But you're still talking about the early 19th century. How much, so there's really nothing to discuss here. How much money are you willing to spend 
And I don't know, maybe Doug's not really an activist. Maybe he just kind of sits on the sidelines and, uh, and cheers things on when he thinks he likes something. But how much time and energy and effort and money are you willing to spend at attempting to change the federal government before you realize that it won't work? And the other point is, is if you, if you want the, uh, the sort of uh, standardization of one government, then why not one world government instead of one mm. national government? Why not one world government? What a bad idea. Yeah, they, they, could, they would be able to see how bad of an idea that is, right? Uh, but uh, there's this nationalism that's in effect here. More coming up. This is Free Talk Eagles. Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we invite you to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so head over there and enjoy them on us, and you can listen in that way. Uh, if you don't happen to have the pleasure of having a local radio station pick up the show, you can go to listen.freetalklive.com and enjoy our broadband and dial-up streams we have there for you. You can listen to the latest episode of Free Talk Live around the clock via those methods. Plus, the listen lines also have us 24-7. That allows you to call in via any phone that can call long distance and listen to Free Talk Live that way. Plus, you can learn more about some of our other listening options like our web cam as well as uh, our satellite channel that we have so head over to listen.freetalklive.com as uh, we continue the discussion that kind of led us to this topic of the founding fathers and uh, the small government and trying to change the federal government and what what led to this discussion was a uh, list of the 11 freedoms that some of the founding fathers really did not uh, look too kindly uh, toward and it's things like divorce dancing <laughs> other things that you know people should just be left alone on let, premarital let people, sex they didn't like that much yeah, either let, let people be free to make their own choices hanging out with people of different races yeah so let's continue that list if uh, if you don't mind Number seven of 11, gambling. America's love of gambling was born in saloons. Not true. America's love of gambling simply came from other uh, people that came here that loved gambling already. So the love of gambling is in humans. It's inherent. They like Mm. it. Where wagers were made on every conceivable contest of chance or skill. Benjamin Rush recommended the elimination of horse racing, cockfighting, and Sunday amusements, which led to gaming, drunkenness, and uncleanliness, as well as general debauchery. (laughs) <laughs> John Adams blamed the sensual, aimless culture of a monarchy for so much cards and backgammon, so much horse racing and cockfighting. So these guys just didn't like this stuff. This wasn't productive enough <laughs> It's for all them. because of a king. Yep. Where if, if it were not for the monarchy, people would never have thought of these uh, distractions. <laughs> this always no, uh, of course not. <laughs> brings up for me uh, you know, the, the ideas of conservatives versus uh, 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 liberals is you know, conservatives pick some period of time that they think that the world was better and want to go back there. Mm. But I would like to point out that my grandmother, uh, great-grandmother, uh, Pauline, she beat with a stick her sons when she found them with cards. My grandma, Grandma wow. Hazel, told me this story. She went and got a willow stick and beat these boys out of the house and around the house because she found a deck of cards. 
Just think They're conservatives. Satan in them cards. Just think conservatives. <laughs> you were the guys that you know. Fifty years. You were you. <laughs> it was you that was running around that beating kids with uh, that had were found with cards a hundred and twenty years ago or whatever this was. Okay, so this conservative versus liberal uh, thing. Uh, you know, some of this stuff, especially the social stuff, it's really just progress. It's progress. Mm-hmm. People should be able to play cards if they want. If they want to gamble with those cards. Fine. Fine, it's their money. Are there bad choices made about gambling? Absolutely. Uh, People make lots of bad choices about gambling. Things in excess, not usually a good idea. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, these are people's choices. They get to make them. Number eight, sports. Henry Lawrence, the president of the Continental Congress, at one point hoped for defeat in the War of Independence, which he thought would bring an end to the love of sporting amusements among Americans. To Laurent, sports <laughs> was a prime indicator of a doomed society. He believed the Olympic Games and other uh, fooleries had brought the desolation of Greece. Wow. So this is how you take a little bit of information and you extrapolate it out. You know, the, co- the correlation versus causation conundrum. If these guys <laughs> had their druthers, everyone would just be working 24 hours a day, sure, right? Working I mean, for the government that yeah. they set up. Remember, this John Adams, the small small government uh, bastion John Adams, he's the one who set up the Alien and Sedition Act, which made the Patriot Act look like, uh, you know, uh, the Declaration of Independence. Mm. Number nine, drinking. Now, you know how this is going to be a long one, right? (laughs) During the War of Independence, there was more than one tavern for every 100 residents of Philadelphia. That's a lot, right? The rebels' uh, capital. By contrast, there was only one alcohol-serving business for every 1,000 residents in in Phil. There is now only mm. one uh, for every 1,000 residents in Philadelphia. So Amazing. A tenth. So people are drinking less. No, this is uh, this is an issue of zoning, really. Oh. Uh, this is people <laughs> in their homes letting people in to drink. Gotcha. In New York, there were uh, enough taverns. Which, by the, which, by the way... Um, you're right, Mark. It's an issue of zoning, meaning that it's it's difficult to open your own bar. It's also an issue of licensing, in that it's difficult to open That's a bar and, and get a license to uh, to sell because that uh, zoning it, is really licensing. It artificial. Well, they're both uh, yeah. they artificial. They're both artificial restrictions on the marketplace and what the marketplace would do. And having bars in neighborhoods is valuable from a safety aspect. If you can go down the street to drink, you don't have to drive. And but, if you don't have to drive, you don't have to drive drunk. Exactly. And therefore, people would not perish in uh, fiery car crashes as often. <laughs> Innocence. And, right. Absolutely. But because the government has decided to put this uh, license and restrictions in, in place and make it difficult for people to open up their own establishments in their own home, for instance, and invite people in and serve them alcohol and sell them alcohol, they're putting people at risk and they're putting people in, in danger of, of death and hurting people. It's just sick. And it's all for the for control. And it's all because of money, because these government people, they never get enough control and they never get enough money. In New York, there were enough taverns to allow every resident in the city to be drinking in a bar at the same time. Mm. In Boston, liquor was sold at one of every eight residential houses. Though the founders wow. did their share of drinking in early America, in public they acted they they attacked the practice during and after the Revolution. Benjamin Franklin, George Washington, James Madison, Robert uh, Morris were among many of the founding fathers who supported excise taxes on alcohol after the Revolution as a means to curb drinking. Oh, we know better now. Sure, we did it when we were children and young people, but now we're we're more refined. Absolutely, we've. we've 
We've learned the error of our ways, and we'll now force it upon the rest of you. In 1784, Benjamin Rush published an inquiry into the effects of spiritist liquors, which became one of the most important of the founders, uh, founding fathers' many anti-pleasure manifestos during the early national period. Rush argued that drink and democracy could not mix. He also invented the idea that chronic drunkenness is a biological disease, that, on, that the only cure is a lifelong abstinence. Taste not, handle not, touch not should be inscribed upon every vessel that contains spirits in the house of man who wishes to be cured by habits of... Cut out thy tongue! ...of intemperance. <laughs> These claims become... Don't the, even look at that bottle! These claims become the basis not only for the, intemperance, the temperance movement in the 19th century, which was a disaster for the, the whole nation. Excuse me. The, the prohibition movement of the tw- early 20th century and the science of addiction treatment in the late 20th century... The idea of the modern-day rehabilitation center was also invented by Rush, who called for drunkards to be taken off the streets and locked up in a special Mm -hmm. asylum in Philadelphia called Sober House. Not all Americans agreed with the Founding Fathers. The the government's attempt in 1794 to enforce the national whiskey tax in western Pennsylvania resulted in what became called the Whiskey Rebellion, when renegades all over the region not only refused to pay the tax, but also tarred and feathered tax collectors. Wow. I think I'm going to crack a beer open tonight after the show, just in honor of uh, this George man. Washington and his, the killing of his own uh, own uh, citizens over the, the, the Whiskey Rebellion. Let's put that on hold for a moment and go to the phones and the fun. Dustin is on the line listening to WVTS in West Virginia. Hello, Dustin. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I, just, I don't know. You, you guys were touching base with the last guy, and uh, he was talking about how the government's going to take control. I don't get to hear you guys very often this, but... Every time I pass through Virginia, I get you, and I, I'm really thankful for what you guys do. But I'm a truck driver, and um, I'm really scared about how this industry is falling out because um, we got all these new rules and regulations that the government is taking control, and it's basically going to affect a lot of people. Um, we have guys out here that have been out here for 44, 50, 50 years, and this is all they know, right? Mm-hmm. And these new rules, they're called CSA 2010, basically affects little minor things like outlight and, you know, I mean. If you oh. want, I'd like you to hang on. You can come and outline some of the things that they're going to be changing because already professional drivers like yourself are dealing with an incredibly burdensome regulatory structure and a, a, a buttload of rules right now, and they're making it worse. Uh, hopefully he can hang on, keep his signal, and uh, we'll keep talking to Dustin in a moment. Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, but only moments remain. Enough time, however, for your call, perhaps if you make it now, at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on our site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support this program, there are different ways for you to do that. Uh, One of them is by going to promote.freetalklive.com. You will get a list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world. 
Some of them completely free. Some of them eh, cost you a little bit, like maybe printing out flyers. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. Looking for an internship this spring or summer? Are you in graduate school, recent graduate, undergraduate? If you're a writer and you're interested in journalism and passionate about liberty, the IHS uh, Journalism Internship Program places aspiring journalists at, at media. Participants work in real jobs and learn core reporting skills. Former interns have gone to ABC's 2020, The Financial Times, Washington Post, The Wall Street Journal, The Economist, more, many more. Placements available in print, broadcast, and new media. They give you a stipend, housing alliances, ment- uh, housing <laughs> assistant, mentoring uh, from experienced professionals. All majors encourage to apply. There's all kinds of internships at libertarianinternships.com. This is uh, handled by the Institute for Humane Studies, libertarianinternships.com. All right, let's continue. Dustin, I believe, is still with us listening in Charleston to WVTS. Dustin, are you there, sir? Yes, I'm here. All right. You uh, told us that you're a professional driver, meaning that uh, you are, you know, you drive a truck for a living, basically. And um, and by the way, you mentioned that you'd, you'd like to listen to us when you travel through Charleston. And I'd just like to invite you to our website uh, if you've got Internet access in your truck. And I know a lot of uh, professional drivers do these days. Uh, you can visit us at freetalklive.com. You can get us all over the road. Okay, great, great. FYI for the future. Um, so tell me about some of the, the new ludicrous uh, regulations that are going to be uh, just slathered on top of the already existing absurd, uh, intrusive regulatory structure that you already have to deal with. Well, starting in November, so-called, it already pushed it back a couple months before, but in November, they're basically going to start um, regulating our accidents and, let's say, uh, violations of the log and... and um, scales, and what have you, and uh, they're going to look back 34 months in our prior history and tack points onto our license. We have a, a, a point system going to come into effect November for all this, and if you reach a certain amount of points, your license, your commercial license, your job is going to be suspended until you got to take so much time off or what have you. Uh, just like having a license to drive your car, say you got a DUI, you get suspended for six months and you get your license back. That's somewhat like it is. And um, it's very aggravating because this is my livelihood. Now, there's guys out here that have been out here 40-plus years. This is all they know. Some of them had even graduated high school. And they have families. They have houses. They have cars. You know, And if they're going to look 34 months behind and say they had a bad year all of a sudden, something should happen in their, their, their history where it could basically, they could lose their job. Um, they they could lose their job over what? I mean, are we talking about like having a running light out on their, their truck grill or something like that? Exactly. Exactly. This is, I'm a company driver. And at one point companies were, were all, they had to, they had to fix the truck. Okay. Let's say when you go into a terminal and you go through an inspection bay, they look at your truck, your lights, what have you, and they have to fix everything. Now they're leaving on us to say, hey, we drive, sometimes drive three to 400 miles at a time. We don't stop. And let's say we hit a bump and a light goes out, mm-hmm. all right? We get pulled over. We get a violation for that, points on our license for that light behind our back that we can't see behind us went out. We get in trouble for that. We, it's on us now. It's no longer the company's responsibility. 
Yeah, I bet the companies had something to do with getting that law passed because, you know, <laughs> obviously they don't want to be held responsible for a light going out. And clearly the, the government wouldn't just say, hey, fix the light, let us know we, you fixed it. Like it, they used to do these kind of things, at least for uh, regular drivers. I mean, I've, I've, I've had situations where a light goes out, the cop gives me a ticket that says get it fixed and then, you know, prove that you've gotten it Everything's fixed. Everything's always worse for the professional drivers. Always. They're totally uh, owned lock, yeah. stock, and barrel. The you know the logging regulations, the amount of hours you can drive. I mean, there's just so much that we've we've heard about. You know, having professional drivers call this show over the years, just the the absurdities just continue. It's ludicrous. Right. It's, it's not so much even driving your own truck anymore. When we go home, we've got a commercial license. Even when we drive our car, mm-hmm. if we get pulled over for speeding or running a stop sign, that's the same thing as driving our commercial vehicle. Mm-hmm. It affects us in double manner. What, what I mean there is, is if say you got a seatbelt ticket at the house in your own car and you don't have a commercial license and it's say it's seventy five dollars, I got a commercial license. I get a seatbelt ticket in my own car. It's going to be one hundred eighty five dollars. Wow, and you're that much yeah. closer to having it revoked uh, completely. Your ability to drive professionally. Exactly. They're just coming down on us. Like, I mean, they raised our pay. I haven't had a raise in two years, um, and a lot of people haven't out here just because of the whole recession thing and what have you. Um, people don't understand. We move seventy percent of all freight, seventy percent, and of all things. I mean, there's there's thirty percent which include boats, planes, trains. Mm-hmm. We move in seventy percent of all things. If if we were to stop just for one day, you might not get your clean underwear or new toilet paper. To you put name in your it. Mouth. The economy is really, you guys are really, uh, you keep it together. I mean, the professional drivers out there are the backbone of the, uh, the the world economy. I mean, you guys are the ones that are bringing the products to the the store shelves. And we're, if it were not for you out there doing your job, doing your jobs, uh, there would be a major crisis in this uh, in this country. And and the uh, the federal government and the state governments treat you like they're whipping boy. Yeah, basically, if they want to take every bit of our money, every chance they get. And I mean, I'm on the road for two months to two three months at a time. I got a five-year-old daughter and a wife I hardly ever know. You know? It's it's a and, hard enough life. I mean, there's there's yeah. compensation involved, which is why the you know guys do it. It's a risky job. Uh, it's it's a difficult job. It's a, like you're saying, you're away from your family. Most people wouldn't want to go through that, but they see it as worth it because of certain things. And the more these regulations they pile on top, the less worthwhile this is going to seem. Like, yeah, screw it. I'll just get a job flipping hamburgers or doing you know plumbing or doing something else uh, in a in a local area. And, and the hell with. Dri- I mean, I, I like to drive. I like the, I like my job, but I don't like dealing with the regulations. So screw it. I'm quitting. I bet there are a lot of guys out there that are saying that. Well, basically, that's what my point is. Now, if, if when this comes into play, there is going to be a lot of people quitting, a lot of people. Just because I've talked to individuals, hey, they're just going to give it up and do something else. Now, mm-hmm. if that strike strikes as hard as I think it is, this industry is almost going to collapse because they're not going to have enough able willing enough drivers to do what we do. And you're going to find that the economy is going to get worse when that happens because there's not going to be stuff being able to get where it needs to go. People are going to close their shops, their doors. They ain't going to be able to get their food to open up their restaurant in the morning. That's what's going to happen. So wait, are you it's saying there's going to be a road. strike? Is there talk of a strike? No, there's not. I didn't say that. Oh, okay. Now, I don't want to put, put something on air that's not true, but 
You know, I mean, very well could be in the future that, you know, there's a lot of people, they're talking at 175,000 drivers at the end of this year will lose their job as a commercial driver yep. just because of this new CSA. Good luck, finding, good luck finding scabs to pick up that kind of work. I mean, <laughs> you can't, it's yeah. not just, you got to be, you got to know what you're doing to get behind the wheel of one of those uh, big rigs, man. I mean, I, I have enough trouble backing up a little trailer hooked up to a truck. I can't imagine moving one of those things around and, and maneuvering it. I mean, it's, you guys really got to know your stuff. So if a bunch of those guys get fired or they just, they up and quit, there's going to be a major hole in that industry, and it's not going to be quick to fill. No, it's not. I mean, they're, they're, they're shipping these guys out of their schools like like crazy, but, you know, it, it's scary how quick they're going through their classes because, you know, it used to take a month. Now they're getting their license within two weeks. Oh, boy. I mean, that, that's the sort of safety policy we have on these roads now, but you want to uh, take what, what we have now away from us. I mean, we, we've earned what we've, we've got here. I mean, I understand people, you know, do the wrong things out here. Sometimes they drink behind the wheel and, you know, kill people. I mean, those guys should be penalized. I don't, I don't abide by that. Sure, but, sure. Yeah, if you're actually hurting other people, then that's one thing. But to have yeah. a light out on uh, on your uh, your truck, and by the way, anybody that's ever looked closely at a uh, an 18-wheel, uh, 18-wheeler truck, there are a lot of lights on those trucks. If one light goes out, the idea that it's somehow any significant increase in danger to anybody on the road yeah. is pretty ludicrous. It does seem uh, It's just an opportunity to give a ticket, really. Uh, Dustin, my heart yep. goes out to you, man. I mean, this is I appreciate it. It's just awful, yeah. and I'm glad you're out there listening, and, and thank you for the call tonight. Thanks for filling us in. 800-259-9231 is our number. You can use that tomorrow night. Uh, right now, if you want a Tota Sack, you get a two-pack. It'll help you bring the groceries back in from the car. I use it. Love it. Great product. You get a two-pack of the Tota Sack. You visit totasack.us to learn more about it and order some. Great uh, Makes a great gift. Stocking stuffers. Holiday season's coming up. Uh, get your family some Tota Sacks, and they'll love them. Uh, but you can get a two-pack for yourself and give it a try and see what it's like. Call 603-435-1105. We'll give you a two-pack of the Tota Sack, and we'll see you tomorrow night at freetalklive.com. 603-435-1105. Call now. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keen. Keen is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed Liberty Media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, newsprint, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, the busiest Liberty Forum in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com.